Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our show about the future of the beauty and wellness industries. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy, and today's guest is Amy Arrett, the founder and CEO of Madison Reed. Amy tells me about revitalizing the at-home color market through her D2C company, how her customers are getting younger and younger, and the move to franchise. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have Amy Arrett, the founder and CEO of Madison Reed. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So, Amy, when you started Madison Reed in 2013, six years ago, what were you thinking? What were you seeing in the hair space and obviously the hair color space? Um, So, yeah, we started, we founded the company in 2013. Uh, We actually started shipping in 2014 because... Uh, it took us about a year to formulate color. Uh, I was seeing very little, which is why I started the company. There had been so little innovation in hair color. Um, it was the same solution, the same box that was on the shelf, highly toxic, terrible componentry, not easy to use, bad instructions, eight colors, right, which is when we have close to 60 now. So I wasn't seeing very much and certainly nothing that was uh, delivering it to your door or using technology to color match you, which is why I started the company. So when you think about um, the space back then, you know, people were always, women specifically, were turning to drugstores, places like Target, CVS, to shop for color, for at-home color, or going to their salon, really relying on that um, kind of give and take, if you will, from their stylist. What made you think that D to C for hair color could work? Yeah, so a little bit about the size of the market, because I think that always helps frame this out. Um, So about 90 million women color their hair in the U.S. on an average cadence of about seven weeks. So it's it's a big market. Uh, 52% of those women color at home. So... Um, You know, we knew from the beginning that we had at least a 45 million woman focus. So we knew that that was certainly big enough. Uh, We also knew and we'll I know we'll talk a little bit about our color bars. Um, We also knew that half of the market was going to salons, about half of the market. So we understood that there was a big prize in the at home market and that no one had had a prestige product. We have the lowest chemical profile. So one of the big things was also, could we take the harsh chemicals out? And that was a lot of the innovation. But we knew from consumer testing size of the market that there was a big market that only had this one at-home alternative. Uh, And I don't know if you've ever walked down the aisle at Dwayne Reed. I have. It is horrifying. Um, And so, you know, we just knew that we had a big uh, opportunity to to define a brand that was prestige in a category that never had a prestige brand before. So talk a little bit about that because, you know, at-home hair color kind of gets um, more of a... It's okay. You can say it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kind of gets a bad rap, if you will. And if you think about it, kind of try to teach women Mm -hmm. about this prestige offering at home without Mm -hmm. the instruction of a stylist or without the instruction of a sales associate, how are you going to do that? So the first thing is that we have a very large and trained call center that are all certified licensed colorists. So everybody that answers your chat, your email, or your phone actually has a cosmetology degree. So the first thing we put around this was 
in fact, you do have advice. You have access to a professional colorist. Second thing is that we uh, arranged what was in the box and the whole experience to, first of all, feel very prestige, which it is. Explain that a little um, bit. Yeah. So um, two pairs of very beautiful gloves versus the experience that you get when you buy one of those other boxes. Everything recyclable. No odor. So zero odor, which is a huge thing. When you get a box of color off the shelf, the first thing that the instructions tell you to do is open a window before you start. So we had an idea that, you know, no odor would be important because we have no ammonia in, in our formulas. We have a sophisticated way to color match you. So you answer 14 questions in a quiz. And none of this existed for women before. So the whole thing was getting women to know who we were about the brand and then trying uh, to take the color quiz, of which we now have about 15 million hair profiles. So it's gotten really smart. It's an algorithm. Um, and then, you know, in the beginning, we put a 1,000 women into beta. And, uh, you know, we uh, saw how it worked for them. And then friends started telling friends and referring and ratings and reviews. And salons started to call us and say, could we buy your color? Which was super interesting because they would typically not use a uh, direct-to-consumer uh, box of color. They would use professional color, but we're salon quality, multi-tonal. So we really did a lot of the work. We videotaped 53 women in their bathrooms before we put the box together to watch all the mistakes that they made and then reinvented the componentry, uh, the fact that it would be easy to use barrier cream, cleansing wipe, better shampoo and conditioner, so, you know, I think that um, we did a lot of work initially, which is what we did that year before we actually launched. So who was this customer then and yeah. who is she now? So the customer. So w the fascinating part is we have watched the age of our customers every single year over five years come down dramatically. So the, the customer initially was 50-ish. Um, she was either – she was – higher income than people thought she would be. So over $100,000 of household income. She was a professional. She was a mom. She had kids and she was busy. And so for her, the coloring at home was convenience um, because that salon appointment, it's a lot to get one and it takes a long time and it's expensive, right? So she was either that profile or this profile that Many people are, but don't admit to be, frankly, which is called the dualist. And they are so gray that they're going to a salon, but because it takes so long and it's so expensive, in between salon coloring, they're coloring at home. And that is uh, estimated to be about 25% of the hair color market. We believe it's a lot bigger than that. Uh, just most women don't report it. You got it. But their stylist at the salon knows that they're doing it because when they come back, you know, their hair doesn't look the same as when the stylist had done it. Because usually if you only have eight choices of color off the shelf, you're not going to match a custom color that your color is put on your hair. How do you get past, you know, the ageist piece of hair color. Yeah. You know, people, you talk about a little bit about how the age has come down. So more women are open to talking about it, ordering, you know, Instagramming, you know, talking about it on social media and referring. But, you know, like we talked about before, hair color was one of those kind of things that was a secret. Many women kept to themselves, didn't want to say that they were 
dyeing their hair, going and seeing someone. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the mantra of the company is confident is the new beautiful. And everything that we do in um, the way that we depict our customer is by really authentic transparency. And that's a very important part of the brand. And so what I mean by that is we're an empowerment story. I don't, I don't understand why women would feel ashamed of um, doing something that they feel um, enhances how confident or beautiful they look. And so the whole story of the brand, it's named after my daughter. My daughter's first name's Madison, her middle name's Reed, is really an empowerment story that this company wants to demystify this idea that you'd have to hide from something that you're choosing to do to feel better about yourself or feeling confident. It's the same story about taking the harsh chemicals out. It's the same story about standing in an empowered space saying, yeah, I color my hair. It looks great, doesn't it? And I mean, if you read the feedback that I get, I have a specific email for customers. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, I was afraid of the chemicals that were in other hair color. I had reactions before. I have felt like I couldn't tell anybody that I was coloring my hair. I went into the office yesterday and people were like, oh my God, your hair looks amazing. And for the first time I said, well, you know, I use this company, Madison Reed. Somebody says, oh, I use it too. And all of a sudden, you know, this, it changes the perception from I should hide to I should feel proud and empowered. I think the second part of this is a lot of our customers color their hair for fashion, right? It isn't, we, our customers are not only covering gray, Right. right. They are, you know, and in fact, the two most interesting things we found in our business in May and September are real seasonality of our business. In May, every woman in the world wants to go lighter. Mm-hmm. And in September, the back to school phenomenon, she wants to get into the autumn and fall colors and she wants to go warmer and her hair to be slightly darker. So what's really interesting is that's a fashion statement. That's not a replenishment. Yeah. And I think the misconception of our business is it's all replenishment. It's not. We have many women that use our product that color. I mean, we have close to 60 shades. So it would be pretty hard for you not to find something uh, in our color palette that was amazing and different from what you have on your hair today. How much would you say that trend piece like accounts for your customers? Is it 20 percent? Is it 30 percent? Would you say? Um, Well, I'd say it's probably about 30 percent of our business. Wow. And growing. You know, we've introduced a line of vivid shades, right, that are fun and sort of uh, less. um, How do I say this? They're sort of less natural looking, right, because they're green, blue, purple, right? That's not uh, every day. That's not every day what people have on their hair. Um, we also won Allure's Beauty Product of the Year last year for our Belliage product. So we have a highlight product, um, which is amazing. So we have the first non-ammoniated bleach that's clay-based. And so we have a lot of, we have a ton of women that uh, order Belliage and they're not covering their roots in gray because that age of that customer doesn't do that. So let's switch gears a little bit, Amy. Um, shortly thereafter, launching... Madison Reed in 2014, I believe it was 2016 when you started your color bar concept, which is um, a take on the classic salon experience. Walk us through why it wasn't what we saw out there. So actually, January of 2017, we opened a pop-up here in New York. And I agree that many, many, many D2C companies are now 
um, in, you know, what the flavor of the week um, word is, omni-channel, right. um, you know, versus the pivot word 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, the omni-channel piece for us is, you know, remember 48% of women that are our customer base or our target color in salons. So for us, it wasn't, oh, let's just open a pop-up because it'd be a cool thing to do. It was, we're missing half the market that may never color at home. So, and we knew our product was salon quality. We knew it was good enough to be applied in what would be a more traditional structure of colorist applying it in a location, a salon. So we opened a pop-up in the Flatiron. We spent $21,000 of out-of-home advertising in a nine-block radius. We had four chairs, and within three months, we were full. I mean, full. You could not get an appointment. And I was like, oh, this is super interesting. And what it taught me was the following. One, uh, we are about half the time of a classic salon. Because, How long is that? Um, it's about 70 minutes from the time you walk in to when you leave. And most salons are not 70 minutes. Uh, and part of that reason is we use a lot of technology. So like the whole booking process, the colorist has an app that is uh, keeping her on track. The amount of time that the colors on your hair is all timed, right? Her checkout process is seamless. So like we've just taken a lot of that out. And because the same quiz that's taken online is taken by people in the color bar, when you walk in, we kind of know the family of color range. Like maybe we'll look at you and it'll be one or two shit. It'll be slightly tweaked because you say, well, I'd rather have more red highlights. So we could do that. But it's not like we are going through a very long consultation. So we've taken out just a ton of time. You know, classic salons are not very time sensitive. Um, you know, they're not really run more like businesses. And, uh, you know, it's less than half the cost. And it's because, you know, most salons are buying product from a distributor, a wholesaler. We're using the same product that we distribute ourselves. So, you know, our cost basis is really cost effective. Our gross margins are super high. So we realize... What is that gross margin? What can you tell me? Uh, no, I'm happy to tell you. Um, all of our products have a gross margin that are about 78% or greater. Very high. Very high. And so um, it was a way for us to be able to say, we say it's salon quality, is it salon quality? So faster, more affordable. And then the big issue was, um, I don't know many women that go to a salon today that know what product is being put on their hair. So you are entrusting somebody to put something on your hair and it could be, have things in it that you're not really thrilled about. Um, and furthermore, the colorist is sitting, standing there for 10 hours a day inhaling this behind you in the chair. So we just felt like, oh, we've taken out harsh ingredients. We have enough shades that um, we certainly can pretty much cover any uh, shade range. So let's give this a whirl. So faster, more affordable, better ingredients. And um, it just was like a eureka moment. Uh, we had a short-term lease. And so our customers were really mad at me when we had a, I kept saying, I, I wish I could stay. And then very soon after one block away, literally a block away, um, we opened a full-time first color bar in the Flatiron. And today you have nine, correct? Today we have nine. By the end of this year, we will have uh, 13. So we're um, hauling uh, between now and the, and the end of December. Uh, we'll open somewhere between 15 and 16 of our own next year. And then we announced uh, about two weeks ago that we'll be franchising. We will have our own corporate um, regions that 
we will that will be Madison Reed corporate owned color bars. That's um, about a hundred, is that right? Uh, I think we could, you know, we'll flex up maybe to one twenty five, and um, then the rest of the country will be franchised, and we're getting outreach from all over the world. I mean, hair color is a global issue, and we don't service today outside the U.S. So, Amy, at one point you had um, said that you guys were interested in potentially opening about 30 of your own stores a few mm. years ago. What made you decide the franchise business was a better model and kind of more mass, more reach, mm-hmm. more scale? So we're actually will open over 100 of our own stores, so a little bit more bodacious than 30. Um, but I think the franchise model is super interesting. I spent about a year studying it, talking to Lots of people, um, uh, one of the things that most people don't understand is successful franchises can't work unless you have way over 100 stores. So there are about 2,800 franchise concepts in the U.S., and about 3% of them actually get over 100. Interesting. And so, you know, you have to be really sure that you can scale your business, that the appeal, your demographics exist. And, you know, within the first six months of Madison Reed on the direct side, we were almost shipping to every state in the U.S. I mean, it was it was astounding to me. Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, our first two um, sort of beachheads were New York and San Francisco because there was a lot of early adopters. But all of a sudden we realized, like, we filled in the entire uh, country. And so, you know, there's a need here across the board. We did a real estate analysis, and we think we can support up to over 700 color bars. So when you think about us taking 100 to 125, there's a lot of headroom. Um, I think the biggest issue, people ask me all the time about quality, right? Because this really, we did not do this until we were sure that our own stores had a replicable, transferable, operational way to say, here's what you do. The left wall looks like this. <laughs> the right wall looks like this. Here's where the product is. Here's pricing. Um, here's the turnkey. So we partnered with a firm very well known in franchising called Franworth. Um, you know, these folks have done, you know, many of the 3% of these successful franchises. And so the reason we actually got a partner, they came to us, was because we realize that we know the brand, the product, the marketing, the customer experience. They know the, you know, how to help somebody pick out the right piece of real estate, um, how to sell franchises to the right franchisees, right? There's something in this where it's going to be all about who do we select. Exactly. Right? And then how do we create? So we're standing up a training center where the franchisee and all the colorists still come to. We're standing, we're putting up a learning management system online for our own color bars that they'll have access to, our own embedded technology. So we've built our own proprietary technology for everything from scheduling to um, customer profiling to, you know, SMS back to the customer to... So you're really not worried about losing control of the message or kind of the 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 bread and butter of what Madison Reed is all about. My job is to worry. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I experience myself as more cautiously optimistic than I used to be. Um, but I, of course, I mean, I think about it all the time. And so what it takes is to systematize this to a place where we feel comfortable. We're starting to sell our first franchises. They won't open for probably another nine months. 
And so I feel like we've done a very good job internally. I, we, there's more to do, but I feel comfortable that when the first one opens, it will be pretty uh, locked down and turnkey. Within your own corporate stores, as well as the franchise business, what states are you really targeting? I mean, I know that you're in Texas with some of the color mm-hmm. bars. We're in Dallas and soon to be Houston. Yeah. Right. And so when you think about the other states or mm-hmm. other key areas, I mean, sure, the Midwest is huge, mm-hmm. but you know, Chicago is very different than St. Louis or mm-hmm. Minneapolis, mm-hmm. you know, that swath of Arizona and Nevada. Where are your, um, where's the highest penetration of customers coming from right now? Uh, well, our highest penetration just basically follows the U.S. population, right? It's just urban metros that uh, have the highest population. But, you know, we reach out to about 150-mile radius around any of those cities and suburbs, right, in a big way. Many of those suburbs, certainly downtown Chicago, but if you just look around Chicago in an 80-mile radius, you know, you could easily have 18 color bars, right? It just it – just, I mean – Every woman colors their hair, whether they want to tell you they do or not. At a certain age, every woman colors their hair. So I don't worry about um, not being able to have enough of these. Um, more of my concern is really what you, we talked about before, which is the quality of the service, the experience the customer gets. There's nothing in this business that matters if her hair doesn't look great. Right. Like all the things that we could talk about, we talk about this all internally. Our number one priority, we have something called the vital few in the company versus the worthless many, as I call it. Explain that. Uh, uh, um, Most companies go through a journey where you're just doing a lot of things and seeing what works. Right. And you get to this place where you realize, oh, my God, we have a business. We have a big business and we have to focus our energy on only the things that will deliver us success. So we went through a very um, kind of rigorous process last year to effectively figure out what are those top five things that we need to focus on. We call them the vital few. And then we added to that, so don't work on the worthless many. Got it. Yeah. So, Amy, I have to ask, you know, you had a very successful D2C business. Um, You also partnered with Ulta. Of course, they have a great professional and service business as well. But how much of this franchise and uh, salon color bar experience is about, you know, the difficulty that D2C companies are facing right now. Maybe not you yourself, but, you know, to acquire new customers, it's much more expensive. You know, the difficulties with Facebook and Google advertising, how much of this maybe not be a pivot, but, you know, is speaking to that as well or is uh, a response to that? You know, we entered into this initially trying to see whether these four wall units can be profitable, right? And they can pretty quickly. And so, you know, we weren't inter, we didn't enter into this, which is, oh, we must fix a rising CAC problem online. We entered into this with 48% of women color at a salon, 50%, close to 50% of the TAM is missing from our business. So let's make sure that let's see if our product is good enough and our service quality is good enough. And so every single color bar is measured on how quickly does it pay back? What's the EBITDA of the color bar? Now, having said that, there's massive gravy, massive. We go into a region and everything changes for the company. Everything. The numbers are staggering. So let's talk about numbers for a second, Amy. And I know um, there's not a lot out there publicly, being that you're a private company. But, you know, last year, sources said that you guys topped $50 million in revenue. Yes. What can you share? What are the the real stats? Yes. 
well over that. <laughs> um, this year will be well over that. The the company is growing now, you know, even at our size, like 40 plus percent a year. Um, you know, uh, some of that growth, we have very, very high retention so the other part of our business is we've spent a lot of time and have, you know, we've had, we had an organically low churn right from the beginning. So that was great. But we had to spend some time really seeing whether we could uh, have world-class churn, meaning how many of our customers are we going to hold on to online. And believe it or not, churn is the name of the game in your color bars too, right? Because your whole business, if you think about it, is predicated on you get full and how many people do you keep? And so then you don't have to get that many more people. And if she's coloring their hair, her hair every seven weeks, it's, you a pretty, see her every seven yeah, weeks. it's a pretty predictable model. So we've worked hard on churn. Um, I'd say very low uh, churn compared to the industry, pretty high multiple of LTV to CAC, really high gross margins, right? So we have a lot of good things. But to answer the first question, these color bars have to make money, right? We're not in it because they're marketing. Now, they, the marketing of them is, I don't think we, let's put it this way. I wish I could say I was smart enough to know what the outcome has been. But you're going to see the company continue to grow 40 to 50% year over year. Uh, we're in our, we're in a, we're in our stride right now. So you, you've also raised an amazing amount of funding, being that, and I hate to say it this way, but being a female founder and CEO um, in the last few years, are you interested in raising more? Are you interested in selling? Like, what's the plan here? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's really honest. I don't. I'm not a believer. Having been a VC, I was a VC for a while, four time entrepreneur. I just don't believe in the ability for an entrepreneur to go into a business and say, by this date, I'm going to sell it and I'm going to raise this much money. And, you know, because you don't, you really don't know what works and you don't know what doesn't work until you test, fail, iterate, succeed, you know, scale. You know, certainly the industry we're in, um, I think we've broken out from the pack. And, you know, there are, are many acquirers, right, just from a CPG standpoint. I'm sure you've been, been approached. And, yeah, but, you know, that's not, you know, we've we've done well in terms of capital. And so we, our obligation is to put our head down and now execute this next level of our strategy. The retention of our business is so compelling that we have a very predictable revenue stream. So I'll give you a statistic. In the second quarter of this year, 85% of our revenues were recurring. Wow. So it's typically between 83 and 87% of predictable revenue, right? And so that's very appealing from a going public standpoint eventually, right? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I don't know. As far as raising more money, we're not in the position to need to do that right now. So, you know, I want to be a smart steward of the capital. And certainly color bars are expensive to open, Right. So um, uh, it's not like we're going to be uh, just sort of letting a lot of it sit in the bank for a long time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say that, again, cautiously optimistic at this point. Last question, Amy. You've obviously spawned competitors and the secret is a little bit out of the bottle in the sense that, you know, hair color online works and the franchise model is obviously a very smart one. So are you worried at all about the market getting a little bit more saturated from competitors like eSalon or, you know, I could name a million. But, you know, are you worried about that as you get bigger and as competition gets more fierce? Sure. I mean, you know, any I think any CEO or anybody in a category should never go to sleep at night thinking that you own it. 
I mean, and the and the truth of it for us, I think it's going to make us better. And so, and and I could also tell any competitor that's listening out there, good luck. Uh, it's a hard category, right? Like you're talking about a woman's appearance and emotion. And so, um, one hallmark of this company has been, you know, what do our customers say and think about us? And I think we've hit that really well. We need to continue to work hard at it because, again, it's only about how great her hair looks. Um, but yeah, sure, we 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 opened our color bar here in New York, uh, the first one, and within three weeks, around the corner, there were like seven signs: color bar, come in, color bar. Now they're not a color bar because they're just a salon; they're the same. But yeah, we'll have fast followers. It'll be an interesting ride. I'm all excited about it. You're ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. It was great having you. Thank you for having me. I really loved it. Thanks. 